And we're back. Welcome to the Cinema Draft Podcast, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. As we continue to our journey down memory lane, we bring back Cinema Draft power player, longtime gambling and DFS enthusiast and OG, friend and fan of the pod, it's Henry G. Rowe. What up, people? What's up, Cinema Draft family? What's up, Eduardo? Yeah. How you doing, man? Yeah, welcome back. We missed you. And, of course, and just like that, there goes my video. God, I love <laughs> Zoom. Fix your servers. Get your life together. There we go. <clears throat> All right. Anyways, our Andy Cohen-inspired Watch What Happens lifestyle drinking game tonight shall be the word smile. It's every time you hear one of us say this word, just take a sip of what you're sipping. Because tonight's pod will make sure to put smiles on your face with our favorite feel-good movies. And first one, I'm really smiling about. And Henry G, just clear out the lane. I, I, think, I, <laughs> I, think, I think you're on this one. If you follow the rundown, unlike some of our other guests, I'm looking at you, G Nice, uh, you know I'm about to go off on my show. And that is Ozark. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. So actually, you know what? I can, I can talk about Ozark forever, so. Let me, though, so you, you tell us how far you've gotten, and this will be a spoiler. Of course. Podcast. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm five episodes in. The most recent episode I watched today was... Season three, of uh, course. Huh, season three, season three. And so the most recent episode I watched was um, they just bought the horse farm, and Homeboy just cut the horse's joints. <laughs> cut his nuts hey. off. Made him a gelding. Yes. <laughs> Not cute. So, but, uh, yeah, this this is this show is is incredible. It's on one and after, and it'll be interesting to see what your opinion is. You know, uh, text me, tweet at me, whatever. But yeah, tell me what you think after you finish the season because I think this season by far in easily, and even after the third episode, I thought it was mm -hmm. its best season yet. But it definitely yeah. elevates us into you know top ten all time category, hundred percent. Who's the Who's the show creator? Um, no. it's uh the guy who did um. Uh, uh, the accountant Bill Dubuque. The, the oh, really? That yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Dubuque, and I want to say, is it Chris Mundy? I know Chris Mundy is the yeah. Okay, so Bill Dubuque, Mark Williams, but Chris Mundy is the um, showrunner. He was on an episode of okay. the Watch podcast from the Ringer Network, which I frequent. Uh, really? Yeah. Shout out to the Watch uh, Facebook fam. We're eight thousand strong, and we are some. We we are some uh, uh, cinema nuts. So yes, yeah. yes, yes, and it's yeah. You know, you know, I snorted that like fine white china straight, you know, to the dome. It was nuts. I loved it. Um, yeah, and and the 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 final episode. Well, yeah, the final episode is is incredible. It definitely okay. sets up a world for season four. Anything is possible. Very shocking ending to season three. It, it okay. deals with uh, some issues of mental illness as well. Wendy flirts with some Walter White tendencies. I mean, this season. <laughs> has it all so yeah yeah really good stuff all right so let's see also when i'm watching uh oh uncorked are you familiar i watched it this evening man yeah buddy what'd you think that was a good movie yeah. very very fun um and i also want to get your opinion on these uh netflix movies because i'm one that kind of likes net the netflix movies more mm -hmm. i think that they're it's like a different feel they're usually a little bit quicker, like an hour and a half to an hour 45. 
Sure. It's not as detailed as something I would think you would go into the movies to see. Like it's pretty simple, but I enjoy the Netflix movies. I mean, I remember Bright. I remember people just were all over Bright, like saying it was terrible, but I enjoyed it just because I came into it as like, you know what, this is something on Netflix. It's Will Smith. I think it was like a Friday night and I was watching it with the family. It's like, okay, I'm entertained. But um, Uncorked, I liked. That was more like a full movie to me. Um, great performances. Courtney B. Vance. Yeah. Um, main yeah. character, the homie, I forgot his name. AKA, AKA Mr. Angela Bassett, or Courtney B. Vance. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're right. Hey, he, I mean, I wouldn't even say that he kicked outside his league, but he, I mean, well, let, let's just say she definitely had the better career, but they are truly, mm-hmm. you know, they are really talented actors. That is a great acting family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, I know him, I identify him the most with, um, with, uh, what, the O.J. Simpson Made in America. Uh, oh, 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 I totally forgot about that. He was yeah. cop, wasn't he? Yeah. He yeah. Was, he oh, was, yeah. Um, yeah, he was Cochran. Yeah, he was Johnny Cochran. Yeah. So that's who I put him with the most in, because um, I really liked that that series. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed uh, Uncorked because uh, it was, uh, as someone I saw tweeted, because I won't take credit for this, someone I saw tweeted that it was basically about, like, you know, a regular-ass Black family. I mean, yeah, they owned, like, yeah. like a, a, a small restaurant that had, like, historical significance to the community, but, you know, they were, you know, they were fairly normal. Like, they didn't have, like, money, you know, you know at the beginning. They were a small business, like, yeah. a lot of these small businesses today, you know, restaurants, too, which now are, like, shut down, you know. So, right. you know, they, they weren't yeah. rich, but they were, they were solidly, you know, middle class, whatever. And yeah. his son had big dreams, you know. Uh, yep. Wanted to be a sommelier, a, a master sommelier. And <laughs> it was just that down south, black, barbecue. Uh-huh. Somalier, lighthearted familial drama you didn't know you wanted, you know, it was great. Yeah, yeah. it was like, good. Yeah, and soundtrack I think also really stands out because it was it was, it nice was just good, right? Yeah, it was it was it was it was it was, it was tight because it had like good southern beats, good hip hop that juxtaposed against like you know the usual hoity toitiness associated with like wine tasting. Exactly. So, I like the juxtaposition. Exactly. Prentice uh I think it's uh, mm-hmm. uh Prentice Penny, who's the yeah. showrunner on Insecure. I think that was his uh that that was his creation. I think he wrote and directed it. So shout outs to Prentice. Well done. Mamadou Ati. I mean, I see him in a lot of stuff. I'm not sure if it's Ati or Ati, but I see him in a mm-hmm. lot more stuff. You know, he's working consistently. He's on that Netflix train. Like he was on he was in that um Velt well, not Velvet Unicorn, the Unicorn store. Unicorn, yeah. Yeah. So me like, you, like, you, if you watch those Netflix movies, don't you, Henry G? <laughs> <laughs> Smile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yep. do. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like. Look, I, I mean, the thing I love about Netflix, besides the fact that everybody is now dependent on it, and I mean, even when people were like giving it shit when we had more entertainment choices, you know, at our disposal, I always thought they had a smart business plan. Even though they do have, <clears throat> they really are going more for for uh, volume over over value per se. Still, because right. there's so much out there, there's something for everybody. And actually, yeah. I don't have this on the rundown, but can we can we talk real quick about Tiger King? Have you yeah. seen Tiger King? <laughs> That's that was one of my shows that I'm watching. I'm like two episodes deep in that. Yeah. All right. First, uh, I'm not. I mean, all this is real, so it's kind of not even spoilerable. And even if I told you a spoiler, you it just go in that your mind because it doesn't make any sense. But Tiger King is <clears throat> is ridiculous. It's spawn. It's if if we have Halloween this year in our era <laughs> of social distancing, I mean, you will see so many. You're, you're gonna see so many costumes. Oh, this. 
Joe Exotic, his husbands. This guy is yeah. like a polygamist. Um, yes. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a polygamist thruple situation. His big mm-hmm. cats and Carol. Let me tell you, Carol Baskin, there is a non-zero chance this woman killed her husband and she's still walking around here free trying to save big cats. Walking around free with free labor, man. Like all the people that do her work, at least in two episodes in, are just it, uh, volunteers. I'm like, what? Look at her. Don't you just look crazy? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, she's she's something else, man. But that, that whole feud, I mean, yeah. I the, the thing about Tiger King is that every episode is an entirely new show. I mean, like, I mean, not even so much like in the style of the director, but just like the story is so wild. Each episode could be yeah. its own series or movie. Mm-hmm. It's wild. So wild. Yeah. And, and uh, here's a fun fact. Uh, someone who actually has like the rights to the story um, pre-corona is Kate McKinnon. She wants to be Carol Baskin. Oh, she would be a good Carol Baskin. She would be hilarious. Look, look at this look at this expression right here. She would be hilarious, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> She, hey, all you uh, cat, uh, cool cats and kittens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so Tiger King, that's that's what, not only what I'm watching, but everyone else is watching. I didn't mean to, to jack one of yours, but the last thing I'm watching is Little Fires Everywhere. Is How is that? Fires Everywhere. That is Little Fires Everywhere. And it is going down with our girl Carrie and Reese now. And I get it. Reese plays these type of characters habitually. The type A personalities, the if Tracy Flick grew up and, and, and was rich type personalities, but she's so good at it. And it's a slightly different shade of flavor. This one is, is infused with a lot of liberal white guilt. <laughs> and it's just great because Carrie, I mean, Carrie Washington's face, and I've, I've mentioned this in several places on, on different forums and even I think on, on Twitter, but just watching her, uh, Carrie Washington's face code switch in real time, go from like, you know, like, oh, everything's like happy, like, uh, you know, uh, get along Negro to the second she turns away from, from Reese, her face just drops. <laughs> incredible to see. And then you can okay. see the, the disgust and the contempt. And it's just, it's, it's wild. And I, and this thing should come with a trigger warning because it's set in like uh, 1997. <clears throat> uh, I, I graduated high school in 93, but man, okay. I mean, as one of only four graduating black seniors in my high school uh, class, like, I, I mean, I was getting flashbacks of like being the, the little black speck in, in, you know, the, the, the right. So I, I love it. Uh, the, the microaggressions, the culture of ignorance, uh, and also just, you know, the, you know, seeing like stuff like, you know, disc bands back and forth or, or the little cultural references at the time. I mean, it's really to bring me back. Uh, so so you have, if you haven't seen it, what, what have you heard about Little Fires Everywhere, Penny G? Um, I've, I've seen, I saw the same thing that you did. I, I saw that, I saw that tweet um, saying that, uh, you know, Reese plays his character, the white privileged person so well, because I watched um, the HBO show uh, what was the name of that? Big Little Lies. Yeah, I watched that, and I was unexpectedly surprised by that. Like, I liked that show a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I decided to watch it, and I was like, "Whoa, this is pretty good." Um, so, I, what I've heard about that is just Reese's performance, but I haven't heard too much of anything else. So, I might check that out. I mean, no, it, it, it's uh, worth it. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah, it's 
And the, the thing about it, it comes out like weekly. I think there's one dropping later tonight, um, technically okay. Wednesday morning. And uh, the thing about that what makes this show very interesting for me so far is that there's such a, an air of uncomfortability. I mean, Carrie Washington's character basically is just, I mean, she does the code switching thing, but when you really see her contempt get let loose, like in the fourth episode, like, like she and Reese go at it, like a verbal, it was a knockdown, drag out verbal, just like bar fight. And it was incredible. It was everything you wanted to see out of a movie starring Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, two leads, holding nothing back. Uh, I think the line was, all right, uh, oh yeah, so, so the line that, that uh, Reese Witherspoon says, um, I thought we were friends, and then Carrie Washington fires back, because um, you know, Carrie was, was working as the kind of like an informal maid for her household, and Carrie Washington fires back, white women always want, uh, always want black women to, um, to be their maids. Uh, 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 no, no, white women always want to be friends with their maids. I was never your maid, and I was never your friend. I was like, "Oh, Ether!" I mean, it was it, it was great. You're you're gonna enjoy it. You're really okay. Great. All right, little fires. These two queens, damn it! These two queens. Yeah. All right, and I think we'll uh, end that there and move on to the next segment. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, what else are you watching besides um, besides Tiger King? Um, besides Tiger King, I started Better Call Saul. I'm only on season one on that. Oh, nice, you know, nice. I know that you, uh, I saw something that you tweeted. I think you might have finished it or close to it. You know, I'm, I'm caught up. It's in its uh, fifth season, and they've got yeah. one more season planned, and then they'll be out. Yeah. So I started that. I'm like maybe six or seven episodes into the first season there. Um, okay. I got that. I finished Queen Stono. That was a six-part limited series on Netflix. That was really good because I haven't been to Africa. And so it was really good to see the country. I mean, it's primarily based in um, South Africa, Johannesburg. But you got to see a different part of the world, which I loved. So... That was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, Queen Stone was dope. And I liked um and I liked the fact that he did take us to some of the other African countries because I've never been to Africa and maybe yeah. a while before I get a chance. And so I, I like the 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 pan-Africanism and also the way they kept switching like dialects in the middle of talking. Like you have to concentrate yes. when you watch yeah, it. Yeah, right. You need that to capture cool. you need to concentrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's cool, man. It's like, oh, that's how they get down there. It's 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 awesome, man. It was eye-opening, good. And then of course I'm watching Westworld. I don't know if you get into that. Are you are you up to date? Are you caught up? Oh yeah, the, I mean three episodes, right? This, uh, three? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, three episodes in season three so far. Yeah. So what are you, what's your take on season three? Because I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I've and this is season actually three? satisfying, like you know, yeah. the amateur futurist in me because I've yeah. I was yes. that kid in sixth grade who subscribed to Popular Mechanics, would get the 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 magazine every month and just look for the most futuristic shit in there, right. and just seeing all the sleek designs and, and like just just a glimpse of like what the future could be like what twenty five years from now or so. I mean, it's yeah. very fascinating. The, everything yeah. automated and, and and driverless and it's it's tight. Yeah, the the movie. I mean, the movie. The series looks great. I mean. Like you said, I mean, and I think they do a lot of the shooting in Singapore, I think. I, I heard Singapore, Spain, and somewhere mm-hmm. else. Spain, yep, yep. Um, but in like the the vehicles that they built um, are great. It's just a well, I mean, it's really a, a nice looking show. Like, I guess because it's been two years, um, maybe I just didn't, you know, remember. But like, it's a really good looking show, man. I mean, 
you know how like certain shows have that type of vibe, that color, like Ozark has that weird, like dark kind of dark palette. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> the darkness of their souls. <laughs> yes. 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 And so even Better Call Saul has that, that like weirdo Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know, like color scheme, you know, it's just, but Westworld is like really, really a really good looking show. And I, I like season three so far, man. It's, in a show that doesn't make sense, this is the most sense that the show has made, you know? Exactly. I felt the same way. Like, this is the most straightforward the plot's been, like, ever. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and, and uh, the, the aesthetics of it and also in the, in the wardrobe. But, yeah, I really like the look of it. It looks like like a bright, you know, new penny of the future. Sometimes you see these these ver- these visions of the future, and, and it's either – and usually it can be, like, dystopian, like, everything's dark like Blade Runner, or, you know, or it could be, like, overly shiny, like, yeah, I don't know, like 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 some other movies. This one feels like realistically somewhat like in the middle. Like you're gonna see some great beauty, but also can get dark. And we're gonna yeah. have like some issues with AI and you know deterministic futures and like you know who can you know do what jobs or whatever. So I like the issues it's dealing with. Some people feel like it's it's a little too facile or it's a little too um, or or it just hasn't earned like some of the topics talking about. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think people. I think people really were turned off by season two, and I can't necessarily, necessarily blame them because that was a puzzle box without, you know, without real foundation. And right. I, I'm here for season three. I, I like it. Well, let me ask you this too, because about that show, like, what do you think is? I was going to say America's fascination. I don't know how the world feels about Westworld, but like, HBO seems to do well with these shows with these huge cats because, like we've had three episodes of Westworld. We've seen Maeve in one of them. We've seen Maeve and Bernard in like one, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, episode two. Right. I mean, we saw Aaron Paul and Evan Rachel Wood in one and three. You know what I mean? So I compare it to like Game of Thrones, how you can have like an entire, you know, entire episode where you don't see, um, you know, some of the characters because it's such a huge show. Or like, what was it? Like season five of Game of Thrones where we didn't even see Bran? <laughs> yeah, Bran was off getting 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 tall. Yeah, yeah, but like these huge ensemble casts, because I I know that after season one, Westworld was like one of its bet was one of HBO's better shows, like ratings wise or mm-hmm. reception. And it's just interesting to me because it's like you don't even see, you know, you you don't even see some of your characters every week, and it just reminded me of like Game of Thrones in the same sense. Yeah, and that's and and that's fair. Um, but also, I think that that well, I, actually, I never really minded, especially when I do like a rewatch of Game of Thrones. Like, like you do miss characters, you know, for a few episodes, sometimes like a full season. Yeah, but uh, but what's good is that is that they give so much for the actors to work with, or, or they give so much like story to the characters. Like, you you miss them, but you don't really feel like like they've lost. Like, like yeah, we've only seen one episode with Maeve, but that was that was a rock'em sock'em episode. Like, that had a lot going in it. So, yeah. like, I don't feel like I've missed much of Maeve so far. And actually, and, uh, and, and conversely, seeing how, uh, uh, Dolores, you know, Evan Rachel, Wood, Evan Rachel Wood's character wasn't involved at all in that episode. Like, I didn't really feel like I missed her. And yeah. so when we came back to her storyline, like I like her storyline because we get to see more of that of the real life future. But you yeah, know, I, I mean, I feel like they do so well as far as story um, for these characters that I don't, I don't really miss them too much at all. But I, I get what you're saying. Though. It's, they, they, I like actually I'm, I'm coming more around. Well, actually, that's not coming around. I always like um, 
different storytelling styles. So I don't necessarily mind if we like diverge a little bit here and there. Or like for example, The Outsider. Have you watched that at all on HBO? Is that the HBO one? Yeah. I have not because you know I'm like a uh, anti horror guy, so I have to watch that with someone, and it'll yeah. probably be during the daytime. <laughs> no, I'm I'm the same way, but actually I was surprised. It's more it's more thriller than horror per se, and I don't really watch Stephen King either. But like the but just as an example, of what I was talking about like he'll he'll do or that show will do like an episode where it starts off with like some flashback that's not connected to any one of the main characters and they'll kind of tease that flashback throughout the whole episode and then at the end it finally connects to the current day people you're like oh okay like i don't necessarily mind when you play with like structure like that just as long as it makes sense and yeah as long as westworld's making sense this season fine by me (laughs) yeah 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 nice nice all right well hell let's move on and get our feel good on all right so this week's episode is all about our top five feel good movies the way the game works that will that someone will name a movie that most people would largely define as having a positive or feel good spin uh we will alternate picks once someone picks a movie that movie is out of play all right henry g as my guest you may go first and we will share the screen so we can get our so, so we can get our uh, IMDb on and follow along. Okay. All right, so first show, what do you got? All right. So, you know, when I was prepping for this. Um, I was oh, like, guess who preps? You're, you're spoiling us. <laughs> right? I was like, man, where, where are my field of movies, man? I mean, I'm just like, so, you know, it was a little bit challenging. So I've got maybe some different ones, but let's let's get at it. So. My first one that came to mind is actually The Natural, which is a baseball movie. Oh, okay. Um, and whenever it's on, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. Whenever it's on, I always stop and I watch it. And um, I just always get goosebumps when he hits the home run um, at the end of the, towards the end of the movie, when he, when he hits the ball off the cover. It's yep. just like, it's just like a great movie, man. And it's just like, you know, it's the comeback story. Like he was destined to be this great player. Look at young Glenn Close. Yeah, little young Glenn Close. <laughs> Kim, um, Kimmy, yep. <laughs> Vicky Vale. Um, it's just a great movie, man. I always feel good watching it. It's, uh, look at Robert Duvall. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, 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 and I like a good uh, historical fiction um, drama. So yeah, that's where I'm at. And, and and a sports movie. I saw it a long time ago, and I think I've only seen it once. But yeah, I, I did oh, have, man. I did I did leave with a smile, drink on my face. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but all right. So that's a good start. All right. So my first one, and this might also qualify as a holiday movie, but this movie, you know. I mean, I, I, I was, I can't remember being just so instantly charmed by a movie uh, on first watch. And I saw it in, in my own home of all places, um, not, not in the theater, uh, because it was on Disney Plus. All right. Mm-hmm. And this is Noel. Have you seen Noel? No, I, I've seen it on Disney Plus. So. <laughs> it is so charming. Okay. Anna Kendrick like yeah, Anna Kendrick plays, um, and Bill Hader, yeah. Anna Kendrick plays um, uh, Chris Kringle, a.k.a. Santa Claus, his daughter. <clears throat> um, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, younger younger daughter. Uh, Bill Hader is, like, next in line to be Chris Kringle, but he don't have the natural talent for it. He's not, 
as they would say up in the North Pole where they live and everything's, you know, a very fanciful vision of the North Pole. Uh, he doesn't, he's not inherently jolly like she is. Everyone's like, walks around saying, instead of saying hello, like, hi, be jolly, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very upbeat and charming and she's just so whimsical. She's got a little, a little reindeer, a little baby reindeer who follows her around called um, <clears throat> uh, Snow Cone. And he, and he just wants to be like a grown reindeer and, and you know, lead the sleigh and stuff. And then, okay. so, so when her brother, you know, Bill Hader <clears throat> goes missing, you know, you know, like a week or two out from Christmas, he's going panicking and, and uh, Noelle finds him holed up in Phoenix as a yoga instructor. So she leaves the North Pole for the first time ever, taking her sleigh and like Shirley MacLaine as a naughty elf, like, a, like an elf auntie. <laughs> and oh, they go to Phoenix and she meets the real world for the first time. And she's so hot the entire time. Not like, not like H-A-W-T, but it's like, like she's hot, it's like she's melting. Like she's never been outside the North Pole. And it's so adorable. She wears like the silly costume in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's just very, very charming. She runs around like, it's just, it's just so charming. You have to check it out. Especially okay. if you have kids, <clears throat> um, they'll probably enjoy it too. It's, it's, it's very lighthearted, you know, no curse words or anything. And, and, and this, oh, she's so, I mean, Anna Kendrick is great, but I mean, she's just really, this is a really, if you like Anna Kendrick, this is an Anna Kendrick delivery vehicle for your system right here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out because I can watch that with my son because we got the Disney Plus, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how old is he now? He's four, can you believe it? Oh, wow, yeah, he'll, he'll get this. He'll, he'll enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Kendrick had a funny tweet. I don't know if you saw it, uh, but she said recently, she was like, well, I guess I can't lie to myself. Basically, she said, I guess I can't lie to myself about all the stuff I said I would do if I had the time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We're all facing our inner... <laughs> Procrastinate, no, procrastinating yeah. monster right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where's Santa? <laughs> Look at that. Oh, face. well. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. All right. So what's your, what's your second one? Uh, my second one, man, is one of, uh, I think I first watched this movie. Um, I think I was still in college, man. It was late 90s. Um, and it's, uh, it was really, I thought it was really good the first time and I see it periodically afterwards and I always love the ending because it's a family coming together. And that movie is Legends of the Fall. Oh, whew, okay. I was holding my breath because I thought you could name my movie, but, okay. <laughs> but I know what I'm definitely taking off the board next. So I'm not gonna play those games anymore. All right, okay, great. Legends of the Fall, go for it. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's just a great movie because it's a, it's a family movie. It's about, I mean, you know, three brothers, um, and it's set back in around the time of the First World War, um, and it's a love story, love, goodness, I was going to say triangle, but really it's, uh, what would you call it, a what, a love quadrangle, four <laughs> people probably involved. Oh, but, no, 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 what ABC um, promotion used to say uh, on Grey's Anatomy, was, or, or Scandal, it's a love rhombus. <laughs> love, love rhombus, yes. I love rhombus, but uh, you know it's it's a good movie. It's um, you know I always love a good period piece. And this is before period pieces were popular, um, late nineties. So, you know, and and you see, you know, you see the world the uh, World War One in a little bit of a different light, um, and then you see you know this part of America because it's based I think in Montana. Yeah, so, it looks looks very like um, uh, uh, gr uh, great westernish. So yeah, actually, yeah. I haven't seen this movie. Actually, I did not. Oh my god! Yeah, great. I love it, man. Um, and there's uh, there's like 
it also has like a Native American element, so you get. This to looks see. good. You know, I'm put on yeah. the list, Henry G. This looks good. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth watching, and it's in the ending is to me the ending's great. So it's, it's always a choke up type ending. So yeah, Legends of the Fall, check it out. All right, I'll um, write Legends of the Fall. Okay, all right. So my second one, let me get this one off the board before I lose my mind. All right, is <laughs> and and this, I mean, this one, I guess it's it's known pretty much as like, uh, oh god, why am I why am I hewing to holiday movies? Something about the holidays, you know, makes me jolly. But yes. this this one is often considered a holiday movie. It's definitely um, a, a romantic. Uh, drama romantic comedy it's kind of comedic elements to it but it's love actually it's i mean uh-huh. i won't say it's like in, it's unimpeachable some things might, might not have aged you know perfectly but i every time i watch it it's incredible it definitely leaves you feeling good definitely smiles on your face i mean it's it's incredible i mean every, look, look at this cat everyone you want is in this i mean maybe not even so much at their peak or their prime but like i mean uh, well, I don't know about Mr. Bean. I've never been a Mr. Bean guy, but his one scene with the rapping and stuff was just, I mean, it was so over the top. It was actually pretty funny. But Bill Nye, is hilarious. He's like a washed up mm-hmm. um, uh, a singer who gets he gets paid every year for singing like a dumb holiday song. Kira Knightley, a young bride married to young Chuatella Geofor, back when we couldn't pronounce his name. <laughs> oh, you know, I've seen this movie once back in the day and um, I liked it. And I could probably watch it again and just like, uh, it'll probably almost be a brand new movie because I haven't seen it in a while. It, it honestly will be. And you'll be, and uh, you'll see some faces you're like, that guy looks familiar. The kid, the little redheaded kid who's um, uh, uh, Liam Neeson's uh, uh, son is actually the is actually an actor named Thomas Sangster who grows up to be like that weirdo um, Joe John Reed in, um, uh, in uh, Game of Thrones. You know, the, the redhead who sacrificed himself for brand while you know all the the i want to call them the zombies the white walkers come out so you'll see a lot of feet a lot of faces like oh that looks familiar that guy looks yeah. familiar andrew lincoln i guess he's like he's a big deal on the walking dead i don't watch that show but i've seen him in other stuff he's he's the guy who has like the signs who's like you know you're perfect you know just you are yeah yeah it's just it's a, such a sweet you know some people actually call that scene like stalkerish i'm like oh my god I mean, he's trying to do, he's trying to give up in a nice way. I, I don't know, whatever. Like I said, some things haven't aged perfectly well for a, for a newer generation, but I love it. I think it's adorable. Um, so many great performances. Yeah, Hugh Grant as like the, the dancing prime minister, <laughs> uh, standing up to Billy Bob Thornton's, you know, jerkish American president. I mean, it was, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Richard Curtis at his finest. Love Ashley. Yep, I'm going to check that out again, man. Yeah, there oh, you go. That kid, I remember that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he he was really he's really adorable too. You see, uh, his, he was dying from heartbreak and stuff, and it's just so all on his face. I love that movie. All right, I'm gonna stop gushing. What's your next movie? <laughs> um, one of my my next movie is one of my classics from when I was a kid. I think we can do animated movies, right? Sure. Hey, anything from goes. 1987 classic. I saw this in Richmond, Virginia with my neighbor and best friend, Freddie. His mom took us to the theater in the summertime. What up, Freddie's mom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was hot, and we loved it. Um, Transformers the movie, man. The 1987 animated version. Yes! I mean, it's, yes! it's just a classic, man. I mean, 
we were just so, I was a big Transformers guy. Um, that was the toy that I had the most of. Um, and my boy Freddie and I, we were just all into it. And we, you know, we played Transformers every day. Um, and this came out in the summer. So we were able to, oh, 86. Wow. Even one year before. Yeah, we old. Um, we old. <laughs> we old, yeah. But yeah, man, that movie's so good. I mean, there's a lot of heartbreak. I mean, I'll give a spoiler alert. Optimus Prime dies, but... Oh, I was, I was in tears, <laughs> yes. I, I also was chaperoned to that movie in the theater, uh, but my mom's uh, friend Betsy, R.I.P., and she, I'm sure oh, she, yeah. had no, I, she had no reference point to this whole thing, but I was sobbing, yes. I yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Prime dying, that was tough, man, but like, you know, it was, like, even the, the music, man, I still hum some of these songs, and my son is, um, my parents actually gave, found my old Transformers and gave them to me recently. Oh, which ones did you have? I had I had an Optimus Prime, and I had like um, what's the 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 plane that that transforms? That was Starscream. I, I had that guy. Starscream, the one the one that's uh, Megatron's nemesis. <clears throat> no, well, it was a, it was a white plane. I remember he was white. Jetfire. Jetfire. Thank you. Yeah. Big one. He was like yeah, because yeah. he he. It was weird, man, because he was like an Autobot and a Decepticon sometimes. Like in the in the TV show, he went um, double agent, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He had something with his memory, but yeah, man, the songs in that are just so heroic. I mean, you know, Transformers, the Transformers, more yeah. meets the eye. Yeah, you know how Prime, like when Prime dies, he basically like kind of sacrifices himself, you know. And he says, "I mean, I mean, the, he, my favorite line is like Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. Transforms into a truck. He goes down. They start playing the music. <laughs> he comes out. He blasts all the Decepticons, man. I mean, that movie still gets me hyped, man." Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, well, well done. Good choice. Um, I mean, sure. take me back too. Look at and look at how look at this animation, boy. Woo, y'all don't know how good you have it today. Pixar <laughs> changed the game, right? We right? drawn them like this, <laughs> and we thought it was just the height of luxury because we we're seeing these suckers on like a big screen instead of our TV every Saturday morning. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Transformers. All right, that's a good one. I, I like that one. Yes. Yeah, all right. So let's do, for my next one, I probably could even wait on this because probably zero way you'd even get this movie. But I loved it. It's called Amelie. Definitely. Oh, I remember that. A lighthearted romance. This thing was uh, just, is, is just like bioengineered to make you smile. Look at first, look at this poster. Audrey, Audrey, uh, I can never say her name. Tatao? Yeah, it's either Tattoo or Tatao. Let's go Tatao. Tatao. Audrey Tatao. Uh, French, it's, it's in French, so it's subtitle, whatever, you know, I, I, my French mm -hmm. kind of stopped at high school, but you know, I, I read subtitles like everybody else, but she's just so <laughs> impish and clever, and it's just such a, like, little magical, you know, uh, little world where everyone's so, like, happy and optimistic, and, and nothing ever kind of really gets her down, and I really, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just so, I mean, lack of a better word, jolly, you know, it makes you yeah. happy, so definitely very feel-good. I remember this movie fondly, Singing in theaters. I think I owned it for a while too. And also, oh. G Nice of the of the tripod uh, regular. He also totally loves Amelie. So I'm sure we can give him really? that some time. But yeah. Okay. I'm gonna check it out. I remember that when it was when it was out, like it was a big deal. It was like a huge success, right? Yeah, I think it. Um, I, I I think it made some money, but definitely was nominated for some Oscars. Yeah, nominated for five yeah. Oscars. Wow. Yeah. Out of, out of war. So, Audrey, Audrey Tatao, that was her introduction to American 
um, eyes. And I think she did like um, one of those uh, Da Vinci Code movies. And then we didn't really see much of her stateside. Well, say, what has she done? Yeah, there's Da Vinci. She hasn't done too much. No, it's all, it's all been like in French or something. Yeah, she just went back to France. She's like, screw you, Hollywood. I'm going home. Hey, yeah. Yeah, like, Dirty Pretty Things. That was great. That was, also, that was actually what really made Chiwetel Ejiofor pop for me. Because I think he might have even got nominated for that. Uh, and then after that, she just went kind of back to back to France. Yeah. yeah. Coco Chanel, I remember that vaguely. That wasn't that great a movie. And then, yeah, just kind of, yeah. Well, okay. I, I guess Hollywood success is in everything. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So what's your next movie, Henry G? So what, what, this number four, right? Number four. So number four is a double. Uh, I got two entries because it's one franchise. You cheated. I know, right? <laughs> so I got um, Rocky Four and I have Balboa. Huh. I I the last one, yeah, Rocky Four, man. I mean, I didn't know it until today. I mean, that came out in '85, I believe. Rocky Four. Um, oh God, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, I mean that. I mean, so many iconic shots from that one. Yes. Running in the in the woods, pulling that sled or whatever, and. And, you know, if he dies, he dies, all that stuff. That's right. But, yeah, and, you know, one thing also is just, like, you know, if you're a, if you're a grinder, you, you know, you're doing something a little bit against the grain or something different. I mean, I always think about how Adrian, I think it's pretty sure in Rocky Four, she's like, you can't win! <laughs> Before he's leaving for Russia. And, you know, it's like Rocky's just like, you know, he goes off to Russia. Adrian eventually joins him. But it's just like, man, you know. He's determined, you know, to, uh, he's determined to win the fight to avenge Apollo's death. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> 30 year old spoiler alert. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's just like a good movie, man. It's, it's just got, you know, some downs to it, but it's got some ups. You see the hard work he puts in, like you said, where he's in Russia training, running in the snow, doing all that stuff at the house, at that house that they rent for the, um, for the training. It's just a great movie. And then Rocky Balboa, man, it's just, I like that because it was, it was like post all of his greatness, Rocky's greatness. And, um, you know, you saw him aging and becoming, you know, just aging in his family life. And I love the way they played the music in the movie, but it was so low key in Rocky Balboa. It was like, uh, they would play that theme music, but it was very low key that you would hear it in the background because... He I did like this movie. Yeah, now, now it's coming back to me. I did, I did yeah. like this movie. Yeah. He struggles a lot in that movie. Um, Rocky does. Oh, look at get, This Is Us guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Milo, yeah. Now, the fight is pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> right. You know. GoldenPalace.com. <laughs> wow. But, the arts, man. <laughs> yeah. But everything leading up to it, man, it, it's, a great, it's a great movie, man. I, I'm thinking about probably watching maybe getting my son into this rocky series since we have oh, this team okay all right yeah um i mean so are you do you like box it all yourself or is that is that how you stay in shape or no you know what man i took a, like one or a couple of boxing classes at the ymca years ago probably like a decade ago now not for that, you huh <laughs> and yeah and it was just like tiring man like two minutes just like oh man this is like some real deal stuff yeah. But yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big boxer. I mean, like I love Tyson back in the day when he was running stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't keep up with it too much. 
All right, no, fair enough. All right, so my fourth movie, uh, and uh, I just such fond memories of this movie, uh, La La Land. I'll never forget. Really? It. Okay. With my my girl Ife, shout out to Ife Thomas. You think I get her on the pod? Uh, a longtime friend of mine from from two hundred six. I think we were home for uh, Christmas break or something, or, okay. or over, the, over the holidays, whatever. And and uh, we weren't at school. But crying out, the movie came out like three or four years ago. But anyways, um, I remember seeing it with her. And I I mean, it's the type of movie that just I mean, I'm not a musical guy generally. Yeah. It took me until. Moulin Rouge in 99 for me to even watch a musical at the theater. And then I kind of had a nice little runs like, you know, Chicago and a few other like musicals or like Hairspray, I think was a pretty good musical I saw the, the remake mm-hmm. they did of that on the screen. But I mean, I'm not like naturally inclined towards musicals, but I'm more open to them now. But this movie, okay. this movie makes you want to run out and fall in love. I mean, it's just, and it's, I mean, all the dancing stuff, like, I mean, it really, it's, it's a fun movie. The, the numbers are great. I mean, the, the acting is great. Everyone got nominated for stuff. I mean, and it's just, I mean, I, it just really makes you want to run out and fall in love. Now, we can discuss the whole, you know, jazz element of this thing. You know, here goes Damien Chaz- Chazelle is obsessed with jazz. Damien Chazelle is the writer-director of La La Land. And he's, and he, he I think he's also working on like a, or, or, or had finished like a Netflix series or a Hulu series um, uh, based on like, you know, a jazz club or something. So he, he loves me some jazz. So there are some issues with like maybe, you know, you know, white guys lecturing us on jazz. I don't care. I enjoyed the hell out of the movie. It was great. And okay. these are all premiere shots. I need to find some actual like, like, um, movie shots but the movie itself is, is life brightly colored as you can tell by the the, the poster a lot, of, a lot of nice primary colors uh everyone's just kind of and, and it really gives like a an uplifting look at the struggle of of you know trying to be an uh, actor in hollywood and stuff which is you know i mean okay i did that whole background cross life for several mm-hmm. years and stuff like that so yeah but i i could i could definitely relate to emma stone's pain as like the the wannabe you know actor in this movie yeah, look okay. at the, and the great use of like LA locations too. This is obviously the the bridge in Pasadena. I forget the name of the street, but it's it's a very iconic bridge they use all the time when they're doing period pieces uh, shot in LA. Very iconic locale. They they had the Hollywood sign overlook, um, and that in one scene they really made a, they really made Hollywood look like freaking old school glamorous Hollywood. It was really nice. Okay. Yeah, Gosling just winning, man. Is winning in life. Yeah, yeah, the 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 Arbor, the Arb, not Arboretum, the um observatory. I mean, all that stuff. It's really great use of LA landmarks, you know, in in a kind of old school way. John Legend stops by. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you know, I never saw this just because of the musical, you know, the the musical, like you said, I'm not one for musicals either, but oh, I, might, I, I mean, this might just be a quarantine movie, man. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, nowhere else to go, nowhere else to be. Might as well. Um, and and yeah, and I know it is kind of weird. You know, theoretically, people just breaking out in song. It feels unnatural. I mean, you know, Empire does it fine because it, they actually like in the music industry, so they make them like actual musical numbers. But this is like, you know, this is a bit of a heightened realism, and that's fine. So and, exactly. and yeah, so it's not for everyone. But I honestly think this movie will leave a smile on your face. Okay. All right. I like it, man. So bring us home. Bring us home strong. What do you got? Okay, man. So Final I'm going to bring you home with another another uh, two movies, another classic from another. Look at you cheating. Look at you cheating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. But I'm going to go with the Karate Kid 1 and 2, man. I mean. Oh, 
you know, okay. you're talking about very, very, very formative uh, movies. 84 for the first one. Yeah. I mean, after this movie, man, I had my little uh, bandana, like Daniel's son. I would ride around the neighborhood on my bike with my bandana on. You know, since you can, uh, you can ask my sisters, like, to this day, I taught my son now, like, anytime you know, somebody would get hurt or something or fall down, I would do the do 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 the little Mr. Miyagi. I taught my son that. The clap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if you see this movie now, like, it, it's, so, it's just so funny, man. It's, no, it's no, it holds up. I, I think I, <laughs> I, think I rewatched it um, a couple years ago for the, the Rewatchables pod on the Ringer Network, and yeah, yeah. it holds up. It does. <laughs> yes, man. Yes, man. It's that's, just, a great, that's a great movie. Actually, and, and like you, I think I was in third grade when this came out, and it wasn't my idea, but I think that's also the year my mom put me into karate. <laughs> and I did karate. Uh, for yeah, man. Everyone's trying to get their crane on, man. I'm telling yes. you. Yes. Who didn't do the crane kick after this, man? And look at Ralph Macchio. He still has a baby. First of all, he was like 27 when he shot this, playing an 18-year-old, whatever. Secondly, he still has a baby face. If you look at him, yeah. I mean, he's aging like us, you know? Yeah. Are you watching his show, um, the Cobra Kai show? Oh hell yeah, okay. absolutely, Cobra Kai till I die. And actually, what's even funnier is I love those those um, commercials that with um, Martin Cove, the, the John Kreese character in it, and he's totally riffing yeah. off his Cobra Kai. He's like more immersive. Koala Kai? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Koala Kai. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Koala good. That is good. Uh, all right, so one and two. All right, so this, so these are one stills from one and, and two. T- talk about two for a minute. What, what do you like about two? Because I love that. I mean, two is just like uh, again, me and the twins watched two a million times, and one of our favorite lines is Melinda and Melissa. Melissa, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, man. I mean, two is great because they go to Okinawa. I mean, Daniel's son goes into the arcade and he breaks the glass. You know, and I had a huge with, crush on Tamlin Tamita, who still looks good. She she guests sometimes on the good on the on the Good Doctor. She still looks good. So you watch that, okay? All right, all right. Okay. No, good Doctors. I mean, I I think the title is bad. It's it's a quick cultural cul-de-sac as we're wont to do right here. Uh, the Good Doctor. The title's terrible, but it's a really yeah. good show. And I started watching it initially. Um, because we have the premise, you know, an autistic, you know, um, sur- uh, sur- becomes a surgical red, an autistic person. Oh, he's autistic. Okay. Yeah. And, and also um, my home, my homeboy, uh, Seth Gordon of, um, of Horrible Bosses and um, Atypical Fame on, uh, on Netflix. He, he's done, he's got his hands in a lot of different projects like that. We went to high school together. Uh, he was, okay. I was a senior, he was a junior. We, we acted in plays and stuff together. And I was, and I've watched his career, you know, you know, uh, closely and from afar, which is, you know, great pride. And I, I was going to give it a shot just based on him because he was like right. the, the pilot director, which made him also an executive producer. And it's, it's a really good show. Like he set them up really well. And, and they just recently had a season two finale uh, last night and just had, just had, you know, me and my feelings. Like they're, they're really resetting the table for season three. I think it's worth a check out. We're, it, it is, I mean, another quarantine project. I don't know, but it's, it's a really good movie. A really good uh, series. I think. Okay. Okay. Steer us out of the cul-de-sac. That, that's my, that's my little rant. <laughs> <laughs> definitely good doctor, man. I'm gonna definitely check it out. And also I love this show because, you know, you, in this, you got to see, um, 
I was going to say old school Okinawa, but it was 89. But, you know, I remember the old cars in this movie, like they were driving around these big black cars, like they look like old school cars. And I remember Miyagi's best friend, Sato, and that little rivalry that he had. And, yeah, and right here. Yeah. And when there's that big tornado and, and Sato says, Miyagi, let me go. It's just... <laughs> I love this movie, man. Good stuff. Uh, oh, and the, the, the Tom Tom, yeah. So, so the new the new move for this movie was like the the swinging Tom Tom, whatever. And oh man, I, I just yeah, these movies are really good. I I need to rewatch Karate Kid too. I haven't rewatched it in a while, but I, I definitely had the largest crush on Tamlin Tamita, and and the whole Tom Tom thing was 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 really cool. This was this one. I don't. I mean, I guess it kind of ends on a slightly upbeat. I actually felt at the time when I saw this movie that it was a bit of a downer. Like so much was like kind of in flux, and I was a little, I was a little concerned. But you know, it kind of comes together at the end. So yeah, Karate Kid uh, one and two. All right, look at look at look at this baby face. He looks just the same. yeah. Actually, let's yeah. Let's pick up Ralph Macchio. Look at that face. And look at that face. That's aging beautifully. He must have some black in it. I mean, seriously. <laughs> right. Or, 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 or what is it? Be, uh, be one of those Italians from, uh, was it, uh, is it Corsica? Or, you know, the, right. the, um, the, the, the part that's, the, that's close to Africa. He must be one of those Italians. <laughs> right. Anyways, anyways, my so final one. Jumped in borders. Let's not feed the idea. All right, so last one for me is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, okay. Definitive feel-good movie. The definitive skip ditch day movie it's i mean this might be perfection this might be a perfect movie i mean every there's there's rarely a false beat it's definitely playful i mean even though he's playing pranks and running around and and, and getting all sorts of anti oh well this guy's a child molester. let's keep him busy yeah yeah uh little uh yeah but here this uh mia sarah everyone was in love with her between this and say anything i mean just I mean, she was truly was like the dream girlfriend because she was cool. She was down for pranks and stuff. She would role play. <laughs> they went to go. Uh, they went to go fake a reservation for lunch. You know, all that stuff. I mean, so the, the costume changes. Him jumping on a parade float and singing yep. "Twist and Shab." Come on, come on, come on, babe. Yep. Yeah, come on. Babe. I mean. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm grinning. I mean, you can't see me because Zoom sucks, damn it. But I am grinning ear to ear right now. It makes me so happy. This stupid movie. I love it. Um, and I actually haven't seen this enough recently, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's up for re rewatch. It's definitely a quarantine rewatch. Yeah, I always, I always remember. Oh, yeah, look, Dirty Dancing. I forgot she yeah, was Yeah, Jennifer Grey. Yeah, as his sister. Absolutely. Yeah. I always laugh at the... Um, I remember the part where he his parents come to check on him and he has that little computer set up where the keyboard goes off or something so that they cough and think that he's in his bed. So yeah, yeah, he had, he had a couple of those uh, Rube Goldberg type uh, machine setups where yeah. you just like you have it automated or, or <laughs> you know, gadget to get him out of something. Yeah, he's... Yes, man. And Alan yeah. having a comeback as just the most delusional son on Succession. Oh my lord! He's oh, yes. gonna run for president. <laughs> Donald Trump. Yes, Alan Ruck. Yeah, such a so good. So and also really good use of the, of the city of Chicago. I lived there for about a year and change. And, oh, okay. Yeah, when you when you go to Chicago, like you know, you see all that stuff. The, the yeah, I remember they go to the Cubs game. You right over there? You trying to you beating back some flies? What's going on? Yeah, man, I have like a, a mosquito or something in here. 
Ah, yeah. So I'm real. So for those listening and not watching at home, uh, just to wrap it up, I mean, it's just it was such a. I mean, it was more optimistic times, let's put it that way. I mean, even though the '80s had its own share of issues, coming out in '86, this was this was you know John Hughes at his height. This is actually really what really I think that and the, this and the Breakfast Club. I think Breakfast Club came before this, but this definitely solidified John Hughes's, um, you know, the writer director of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This cemented John Hughes's place in the 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 comedy firmament and the teen comedy firmament. And it was just a really, yeah. really good movie about like, you know, friendship and, and kind of living your best life. And so if that isn't yeah. a feel good movie, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I got an honorable mention too, man. Oh, 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 oh. Went too soon. All right. What's your, what's your, what's your honorable mention? Even though. Ain't nobody got time for that. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Another 80s staple, man. Back to the Future, man. That's my honorable mention. Ah. Uh. I mean that whole that whole trilogy, honestly. My favorite is Back to the Future Two because, like I said, I'm an amateur futurist here. But yeah, I love that whole series. But Back to the Future was a great movie. That yeah. whole, I actually, I think I still own the. Yeah, I think I still own the box set. I think so. Oh, um, nice! Look at you. Yeah, yeah, love it. Or or I download it or something. But yeah, I, I love these movies. Definitely, definitely rewatchable. Alex Keaton, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox in his part. Michael J. Fox coming back, I think, as a recurring guest on The Good Fight, which you know, oh, is he? It's okay. Season CBS All Access starting April 9th. Okay. Live. Yeah, the DeLorean time travel. Yeah, all that stuff. Dating his mom <laughs> back in 1955. Good, good stuff. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, are we good now? You got it? Are we good? Got it, man. We got it. All right. There we go. Okay. So great stuff. And uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast or new to the Cinema Draft game, uh, which we will be relaunching as soon as we figure out our way through this madness of theater closures, let us take a little time out to introduce and reintroduce some of you all to the greatness of the Cinema Draft game and how you play it. All right, we'll be right back. Please stand by. Cinema Draft is the fantasy sports version of the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. How their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your lineup of stars, all while competing against others for fun and prizes. So, how does it work? Well, to fill out your roster, called a call sheet, you draft 10 actors from those listed in the talent pool, who are each assigned a dollar value salary. You have a $100,000 budget to try to draft all 10 actors, no more, no less, and you must stay under budget. You must draft at least one actor from each of the three release types of movies. Wide release, movies on 2,000 screens and up. Limited release, 501 to 1,999 screens. And platform release, 500 screens or less. There are two headliners per film in the talent pool. Headliners points are worth 40% more. So, for example, if Top Gun Maverick earns 100 million, Miles Teller gets 100 points, while Tom Cruise, a headliner, gets 140. 
The game is free to play with cash and cryptocurrency prizes. It's currently in production for a relaunch later this year. We look forward to seeing you play. Come sign up for an invite to the beta when it's ready. Please visit us at cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. And we're back. All right. This is the quarantine movie of the week segment. Since our over-under has been mothballed until the theaters reopen, we're going to do our quarantine movie of the week. And also we'll follow it up with another look at the social CD, social cinema draft game. So this, so last week's uh, movie of the week was the Wednesday quarantine movie of the day, which was Boomerang. Um, Tomorrow, although right now, if you're uh, watching at home, seeing our screen, uh, we have 1917 as the quarantine movie of the day. Tomorrow, or at least by the time you all watch or see this, we should have up Uncut Gems. Have you seen Uncut, Uncut Gems, Henry G? I did. I did. I, I would I would revoke your, your degenerate card if you didn't. I mean, that, that movie's for the hardcore gamblers in us, the Adam Sandler fans. It, it really is a great, great, great movie. What do you think of it yourself? Yeah, I, I thought it was an ex, it was entertainment at the max. It was an extreme. I mean, it was to me. It was more about. I mean, almost it was more about addiction than really. I mean, I mean that's probably the, the big theme, but addiction as opposed to gambling because the type of bets that he does and and how he's just maniacal with it is just ludicrous. That's but, a, that's actually a great point. And most most professional gamblers said that the way he did his parlay, no reasonable book would ever have taken that parlay at that at that at that level. Yeah, but you just wouldn't. I mean, plus, like you think about everything that he's doing, like, you know, why would you put that? Why would you if you if you you would put you risk so much on one game and stuff like that as opposed to you know if you have a portfolio, you have you know bankroll management. Yeah, you know, you no. Know, spread it out so but i thought it was an entertaining movie um and it showed a uh it showed a good side of the gambling world that i didn't necessarily know about like you know this new york yeah they're in new york this new york um influenced the the um the jewish culture influence it was uh very entertaining yeah, and the, and the whole like uh, the the whole jewelry diamond district and stuff I thought was exactly was an interesting subculture and, and world. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was just like just pure adrenaline. I remember yeah. watching that movie um, for at like uh, I think I watched it at like you know ten o'clock at night or whatever, and or or I mean I got back from it at like ten or eleven o'clock at night, and I was up. The rest of yeah. the movie is just adrenaline nonstop, and so so I I think you know people if you want to hit of, of just that pure that pure, pure, that raw, uncut, <laughs> uncut gems will will definitely do it for you. I, I I probably enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but also, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, right. I'm not much of a gambler, or as I like to call it, trad betting, traditional betting. I'm not a big trad better. I've I've dabbled here and there. I don't, I don't say I'm very good per se, but um, I did like how how it showed the the cycle of of addiction and yeah. Because I mean, as a as a one time and sometime professional poker player, I mean, we're all trapped at home. I'm playing a little more poker online now. I won't lie. 
But uh, as a one-time professional poker player, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen problem gamblers. And like you, you know, I'm all about, you know, bankroll management generally and, you know, and, 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 and making good plays, smart bets, things of that nature. But, it, but I have seen the other side to it, you know, the problem gambler, right. the generous, the people who can't help themselves. So, so right. I think James will definitely put you on that roller coaster. Definitely will. Yeah. This yeah. is how he wins. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so those of you at home who are watching or, or listening, feel free to – to uh, reply to our tweet, it will be a pinned tweet tomorrow or by the time you're hearing this today, Wednesday, uh, uh, April 1st. That's right. Uh, no, no fooling. April 1st. No, fool, no fooling this April 1st. No. no games this April 1st. No. Uh, I mean, mess with people at your peril. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. All right. And so also, let's let's do a little recap of this of Social CD, a.k.a. the Social Cinema Draft game. We did an experiment this past week where we took, where we took a, let me see if I can find the right, uh, let me see if I can find the, the thread. Here we go. We, we took uh, some of your favorite actors, put mm-hmm. them all in a, in a social media friendly game where you get to choose. You had to pick six actors, had a hundred dollar budget to build your dream cast. You had to have at least one headliner, one co-star, one day player. Sound kind of familiar to the draft fans. <laughs> and, <laughs> And you had to stay under budget, and you had to have six actors, and, and it got a little tough. Uh, how how'd your cast shake out? I believe I had Ill Will. I had um, Mr. Westworld Season 3, Aaron Paul. All right. I think I might have had Gal. Oh, yeah, good that. Absolutely. 38 and 76, and I know I had Martindale and Mulally. Okay. Um, so it, it was... I like it was uh it was tough to get him in because I was like oh let me put because I was like because you know I've I've got a that's long time street. affinity huh? <laughs> that's a cruising street why not yeah 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 man I had a lot exactly I have a long time affinity for Merle so Merle Street came up I was like Merle I got to get my girl Merle in there and Merle. I was like I never, the Virginia came I, out on that one Merle <laughs> you know what I'm saying and I was like man I never seen her with Denzel or Will Smith so I was like let me try to hook them up but I was like no you can't you really can't. Yeah, it, it, was, it was tough. And I think, um, I'm see if I remember my, my cast was, let's see, I did, I did, uh, oh yeah, there's yours. Oh, there <clears> mine's not sure. Well, all right, so actually I can, I can do it. I can free ball. All right. So I did uh, Denzel, Emily Blunt, uh, Aaron Paul, and I think I went Wong, Gleason, Martindale. And I think that got me in just under. And, and so basically, uh, the way it was scored is that throughout the week, like each additional day, we would do a different poll. So for so this so we put up a new one on on Thursday. Then on Friday, we do we do a poll of the headliners. You have to pick one. A poll of the co-stars on Saturday. Poll of the day players on Sunday. And whoever gets the most votes, we kind of you know reverse engineer the scoring that way. And so as you can so final scoring here, as you can see, Denzel got the most amount of votes. And now this is in combination with our Twitter poll and the Facebook poll. I'm learning. And, and and so Denzel's the top, and so since headliners have their still customary cinema draft friendly forty percent bonus, he got seven points. My girl Emily Blunt got four point two, got two points for Paul, and then and Margot Martindale coming up from the bottom rope. Yeah, <laughs> no, right? People love, uh, as they say, esteemed character actress Margot Martindale. That's her full name. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
That's funny. Yeah, after after you know the house, Morehouse man Jean Carlo Esposito, Margo Margot was second most popular. So I think I came in with a pretty pretty nice score of twenty two point two points. So so now we had like a bit of a dry run. Uh, we're gonna rejigger it just a little bit. So so it's more Twitter friendly. But we'll have a new one going up tomorrow. And if you're interested, maybe I'll even show you a sneak peek of what okay. we're going. Uh, <clears throat> so. Uh, and and if we keep going, if we keep this game going a little bit further down the line, we'll have some themed ones. I've got one made up of millennials, uh, black actors, and stuff. So you know, we got some some goodies coming. But the one cool. we're going to be doing for Thursday, let me slide this over here. Here you go. Okay. Now, now in this one, you only need to choose five, and we only have a total of twelve actors to choose from. So it made it a little bit easier, or maybe a little tougher. I don't know. Okay. So and I'm just looking. So this one, I'm thinking, hmm, who can I afford? So I, I mean, who wouldn't want to see Affleck and Barry? Oh my lord, that'd be that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, man. And that and that leaves me playing. That leaves me playing left over sixty two dollars right there. Oh, I love Florence Pugh though. So I gotta get Florence Pugh in there. So now I'm eighty four. What is she in? Is she in Little Women? She yeah. She's yeah. She is in Little. She's in Little Women. She plays Amy, I think the the young okay. one. And it's so cute because she's playing like a 14-year-old essentially, and she's like 24, but she does it so well. Like I, I totally buy it. Uh so Pew, man, the Armis is hot as balls right now. But yeah, I think I just wait, what is the Armis in? What is it? Did I just uh, the Armis? She's in knives out. Yes. They yes. dressed her down for that one too. They wow. they they tried, but she's still fine. <laughs> yeah. She's the Cubano. Yeah. 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 And I'll finish, I'll round out with, with Steven Yoon. He's he's been in some good stuff, um, uh, and some good Korean flicks, and uh, I like Eliza Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger. What is she in? Uh, so she's a comedian. She's got uh, a bunch of stand-ups on on Netflix. Okay. Hilarious! I actually okay. uh, when I was, last time I was moving uh, cross country, I, uh, I I I played a couple of those uh, while I was driving, and um, and also she was in uh, Spencer Confidential. She was the girlfriend. Oh, she sure was. Now I recognize it. Yeah, I just saw that a week or two ago, whenever it came out. Yeah, so that was yeah, it's ninety two bucks. That so this is so this one this one's probably gonna be a little easier. We only have only need to pick five. You probably get in a couple of headliners or a headliner two co stars and have your pick of the day players. We'll kind of see how it shakes out. I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, so that is social CD social cinema draft. We're we're experimenting with some different gaming types. Because we can't stay dark forever, uh, our hardworking uh, development team is still working on, on you know, redoing the site. Our work has not stopped. Uh, hopefully, we'll right. be back to some semblance of normal come I don't know, you know, the summer or whatever. But you know, we we'll, we'll if if there's a way to to gamify something, we'll make it. So there you go. Social cinema draft. Check it out. And please, if you're listening, make sure to vote. Your votes decide the scores. All right. And I think it's time to bring us in for a landing. Thank you again for returning to the pod, Henry G. My boy. I loved it, man. Loved it. Glad and you invited me back. Yeah, no, and, and looking forward to seeing you. Uh, uh, and thank you also for playing Social CD last week. Looking forward to your lineup this week. And uh, we'll have to bring you back and talk about some more different stuff. Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you have to plug here, Henry G.? Uh, you know what? I'll just give a shout out to the nation, to the world. Um, let's get it. Let's get better. Let's do the social distancing and uh, get back on our feet. Um, 
Take I'm your temperature. Good. That's right. Take your temperature. Um, you know, I'm pretty much on the quarantine life, so I only go out when necessary. So we'll beat it. We just got to stay the course. Amen. Yeah. All right. And, and uh, for everyone who's used to going out to see movies, this is normally the place where I'd say, go out and see a movie or something. But you know what? This quarantine and chill with a movie or something. Just stay in. Stay in. You know, uh, you know, play, uh, try your hand at some social CD. Check out some of the things we, some of the movies or, or shows we talked about today. And we'll see you next week with another great guest. With more fun at Cinema Draft Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Take care. And quarantine and chill. Peace. Peace, guys. Where can you find Cinema Draft? We are on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft. Facebook, Cinema Draft. Instagram, at Play Cinema Draft. Medium, at Cinema Draft. That is our corporate blog. We're even on Pinterest, Cinema Draft. Also subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And finally, please visit us at cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite to the relaunch. We will always have games where you can sign up, play for free, and win real money. Cinema Draft is a registered mark of Cinema Draft LLC. Both the Cinema Draft game and the CD3D decentralized app token are for entertainment purposes only.